0: What's up everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come we out sure this do. week and this is a big week for comic books yes. but we're going to kick it off with Venom number 200 Venom. from Marvel written by Donnie Cates with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Art by Ryan Stegman, Kev Walker, Danilo S.B. Ruth, Ron Lim, Gugu Villanova, Gerardo Sandoval and Mark Bagley. This is the end of Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman's run on Venom. They're tying up everything that they wanted to say with Eddie Brock and then kicking it over to the next team to take over. I really like this ending a lot. I thought what they were setting up here was very interesting and very good. And I say this as somebody who came into this run not caring the least little bit about Venom.
1: Yeah, the least little bit? Maybe uh, maybe a little uh, bit. I, I don't know where how to jump in on that, but I do think that this was a great Venom run. Also, uh, fantastic 200th issue. You know, instead of doing a collection of stories, like, just tell one huge story, which was great. Um, and also, uh, I'm a sucker for those, like, covers in the back of the of the comic. Oh, that's just such a cool thing. And even that little mini comic with the Venom was hysterical. It's, it's, this was a great tight package, as Justin likes to say. It's, a, it's I, I a... say
2: that... I said that once, and it's haunted me um, like a symbiote attached to my body for mm. um, so long. Um, Donny Cates is a meticulous writer, and so um, we get to sort of touch all of the points here that you would want in a Venom run. We get... Um uh well first off I love the choice that Eddie Brock has now been aged by mm-hmm. all of the uh his symbiote stuff. Um very fun uh so he gets to be this sort of uh guru in a way and godlike creature. I love the the Spider-Man stuff I thought was great the way that he we got to see two sides of the conversation between Spider-Man and him and him and the Avengers very fun. And like you said Alex the way it positions sort of the future of Venom where we have Flash Thompson sort of out there living his symbiote life. And then we have uh, Eddie's son and the original Venom symbiote as his uh, faithful uh, sort of symbiote crypto um, out there uh, fighting the good fight. Like, great spots. I really like it.
0: Yeah, I... I mean, listen, and I say this with actual affection, but it's legit Batman Beyond, except with Venom, is what they're setting up there at the end. That's
2: exactly what I was thinking as well. Yeah.
0: But it works. It absolutely works. Like, if this is, it doesn't feel like, it felt like natural narrative arcs to get there versus, oh, this is the place you were heading towards. You were, you know, jumping backwards to make it into this new iteration. Instead, they told the story they wanted to tell with Eddie and here's where they ended up and they set it up for this next iteration with Dylan Brock. And I'd be excited to follow his adventures. I love the idea of Eddie as the eye in the sky, like the old Bruce Wayne, giving him the info, giving him the intel on everything that Dylan doesn't know exactly how to use the suit. But the suit is working with him.
1: It's yeah, super and fun. I like the addition of chains, you know what I mean? Nice mm-hmm.
2: little shout-out to You Spong. love it, arm chains, wrist yeah. chains, very heavy. Well, mm-hmm. and I agree, because I also, like, he gets to be sort of, um, as we learn in this issue, omnipresent, not omnipotent, and uh, sort of a bad dad, like a little busy, so that means Dylan can be on mm-hmm. his own trying to figure it out. Um, and then how about, what do you guys feel about the use of Maker, the Reed Richards mm-hmm. from the Ultimate Universe as the villain, the
0: up, seemingly the upcoming villain here? Well, that seems to me... And this is pure speculation based on having not actually read anything, so I could be entirely wrong. But that seems to me be the thing that Donny Cates has been kind of teasing and been going forward with a little bit, that he's going to reboot the Ultimate Universe, you know, or that there's going to be this twist on rebooting the Ultimate Universe, and it's this bigger event story that they're heading towards. I don't know necessarily that it's a Venom-specific issue thing that's going to happen— but I do think we're going to get like Ultimate War a year from now or something like that. I,
2: see, I would be less excited about rebuilding the Ultimate Universe and more excited about the Ultimate Universe, um, which already exists as we learn in this issue, being this pocket place where villains live. Sort of a mad rapport mm-hmm. for a multiversal a mad rapport. pocket, if you will. A little peekaboo pocket for villainy.
0: I I like that, too. And I also like the idea of having some sort of mission statement about the Ultimate Universe. It's an interesting thing because the Ultimate Universe clearly influenced the MCU, which is the main driver now for Marvel Comics. But if there is some sort of statement about the Ultimate Universe invading the Marvel Universe proper and then being the dick villains that they are, I think that would be kind of fascinating. I don't know, I think we have enough distance now from the Ultimate Universe to make some sort of commentary about it and I'd be curious to see if that's the way the Tony goes.
2: It's such a tough needle to thread though, not to keep talking mm-hmm. about it, but like, we got Miles out. Like, he's in he's in the regular- <laughs> He's safe, um, man. He's safe. He's safe. He's in our universe. Why are we going back? What else do you want from the Ultimate Universe? Mm-hmm. We, if Maker's a villain, I like having him sort of jumping around, but what, what else do we need from over there? I don't know. Dick Captain America? Yeah, like, I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would rather let... The, if you want to create a new universe, great. But, like, I think we can just let the rest of it I do go.
0: wonder if we're going to get something almost like Heroes Reborn, except for the Ultimate Universe, where if the idea is Maker writing the Ultimate Universe over the 616 Universe, if we're going to get, quote, our Captain America transforming into the Ultimate Captain America and that sort of thing, so that they can have that and show why that doesn't work anymore. And then kind of move forward from there. Well, what's the, know.
2: what's the take though? Like the ultimate universe is meant to be a commentary on the modern world and updating our heroes to reflect the modern world. Like what's the take there? I uh, there could be one that, hero. That's a heroism
0: different. is forever. Excelsior. Yeah.
2: Great. Let's definitely bring that guy back. Stanley. <laughs>
0: Oh, thank you for specifying. Let's move on to something surprisingly retrograde opposite from this discussion. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number one from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Bilquis Cliss Evely. This is not what I expected from this, given Tom King. This is almost a very old school. You guys are going to rip on me for even bringing it up. but It really feels very like John Carter. Except oh, with Supergirl. Why well, would you do that? Do you mean John Carter? John Carter, Carter from the modern Mars?
2: Star Wars. Yes. Don't try to just say it to get us from saying it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because if you we haven't heard this story take that before, away from us. we went to see an advanced screening of John Carter from Mars, walked yeah. out of it, a famous disaster movie, famous <laughs> absolute failure of mo- of a movie, with uh, Taylor Kitsch, right, as mm-hmm. in the lead role, yeah. poised to become a huge star. Absolutely. We walk out, and, a- and Alex a, is like— A
0: pre-battleship Taylor Kitsch.
2: Wow, what a weighted, What a perfect thing to say to set up the what I'm about to say. It's you walking out of that movie saying, "That's our Star Wars. Well, okay, that is yeah. the modern day I just, Star is, Wars." Just to be that.
0: fair to myself, that is not what I said. What I said is, "Some kid is going to see this." And no, this is don't going you to be... try to
2: change it now. You, you were the kid. <laughs> yeah. You were that. Don't guy. you try to change I very it. Very
0: specifically said. This is by Star Wars. You. This is the only Star Wars I recognize, including Star Wars, is John Carter Mars. My point being that we get this very retrograde story of Supergirl on an alien planet. She doesn't have any of her powers. It's mostly through the lens of somebody who lives on the alien planet that doesn't know about spaceships or anything like that. So she feels very otherworldly. I enjoyed this story. I'm curious to see what this is saying about Supergirl, because I don't quite know at this point.
1: I, I really thought this was a fantastic first issue. They take a big swing, which I appreciate. Let, let's let see Supergirl without her powers, you know, like getting taken down by bow and arrow. Like this is a cool kind of like the art's very different than how we've seen her. The coloring is very different. I, I think this, uh, as someone who's making a, a, a statement with Supergirl, I really appreciated this first issue. Also, I've never... Given a shit about crypto more than in this comic. So, like, this was, I thought, like a really fantastic. You're
2: talking, sorry, Peter, are you talking about cryptocurrency?
1: No, no, I'm not. Uh, just checking th- in if you're yeah. like, getting to for in on a theory. Way to Buy get in on there, Dogecoin. Ethereum. Let's fucking get yeah. topical, dude. Yeah, I know about things that happen. So, yeah, I just think that it's. Bitcoin. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I just think it's one of those things where if you're going to kind of like, all right, I want to know what your take is. I think this is a great job of like starting this in a new direction to kind of see what we're going to kind of get in this. And I think I'm very excited for more. I think they did a great job. What I love
2: about Tom King's work in general is I feel like he approaches every book with here's my take. Here's the type of story I'm trying to tell here. It's about X, Y. It's about like uh a trauma leading to depression or it's about um being compromised in your uh hero heroism and having to then move forward after that uh, to give you some examples or Batman Catwoman uh fucking and one of them going down on the other one. Um
1: stop king but all right.
2: Uh great no so this this comic feels like it's about that time in your life when you're like in your early 20s and you're fucking around and you're fucking up. Like you're, you're not, uh, like you're not the person, you're exactly, you think you're destructible. You're not the person you're going to be. You're not a kid anymore. And to position Supergirl right there, I think is great character choice. And to write this book that is fun and he comes at it from such a far away angle with this sort of. Other planet, Uh, we intro how many pages? Like half of the book is all preamble before we even see Supergirl, and that feels so right for the the tone and the topic here. I I thought this was great. I just Tom King is he's ahead of the audience in every comic he does, and I love that.
0: Next up, Compass Number One from Image Comics, written by Robert McKenzie and David Walker, art by Justin Greenwood, Uh, Pete. What do you think about this one?
1: Hang on, I'm still pulling it up here. Oh, okay. We would uh, say,
2: as upstate New Yorkers, we would say compass.
1: Yeah, I compass. Was say compass, but um, compass. Uh, yeah, man, really love this. The art's fantastic. We got a very kind of cool uh, uh, this hero that we don't kind of know a lot about, and uh, interesting kind of like villain that's a, a head, one step ahead of her there. I think this is uh, the art's kind of really leaning the way, but I'm very intrigued by the main characters so in the way that this, you're not
0: usually are. A couple of notes about this one. First of all, this is Greg Rucka Presents, and as we know, Greg Rucka has a habit of creating and uh, pushing very badass female characters. Here we get somebody who seems to be... I don't know, crusade times, would you say? Is that fair? Um, she's going on an adventure there. Somebody's trying to track her down. She ends up in what I believe is probably Gaul, potentially, or maybe Ireland. Well, not 100% sure. But it's definitely a globe-spanning adventure there. Uh, it felt, it's not anything like the old guard, but it definitely felt in line with what he was doing there, uh, albeit with different creators, in this case, uh, and I agree with you, Pete. I thought the action was good. I thought this was a fun adventure. I like this quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I don't know why I thought of uh, Headlopper when I was reading this, but uh-huh. I, I did because um, in it, it, I think it's maybe just the the panels and the pacing of this story, the way uh, because it, the art's not similar to it. But yeah. that's what first jumped into my head, and I I really enjoyed. Like I love sort of the near silence. Uh, I don't know ten page action action sequence yeah. that kicks it off. Mm-hmm. Like very fun book. Yeah, Good stuff. Again.
0: Next up, Static, season one, number one from DC Comics, written by Vita Ayala, art by Chris Cross. This is rebooting, kind of, and kicking off the Milestone universe once again, so it's a very big deal. Um, Pete, were you a fan of Static Shock? And if so, what did you think about this book?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought this was a great first issue. Really love the art. Love the, the brightness and the action. Uh, really thought it was great uh, fight stuff. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how this uh, moves forward. But I felt like the different art style was uh, what stuck out to me the most. I really uh, thought it was a, uh, does a great job of kind of creating this world that kind of uh, where static is. So, yeah, I, uh, I think it's a, a fantastic first issue that does a good job of getting you pumped for more static shock
2: is the spider-man of the dc universe let's just do it let's do that all day and keep it going and this book really i think sets that stage and and plays it out
0: yeah it treats it seriously the art is great as you mentioned it's crisscross so it's always good but uh yeah very solid first issue next up save yourself number one from boombox written by bones leopard which is an amazing name art by kelly bones leopard Art by Kelly and Nichole Matthews. This is a take on what if magical girls like Sailor Moon or something like that or whatever were evil. <laughs> and eight people essentially is the idea of the book. Some of them are not quite evil, but a regular girl gets involved in them. Um, I enjoyed this. I had a fun time reading this, and I liked all the twists and turns. And I'm definitely on board for issue two. What did you guys think? Uh,
2: I love the art style, like all the like bright pinks, bright yellows, like purples. Everything's just popping all the time. Um, and yeah, the the story really uh, kept me guessing. We have our sort of our main character falling in with the quote unquote villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of like big superhero action, uh, but or Sailor Moon action, even but at the same time, there's sort of that awkward like, hey, um, I'm not actually supposed to be at this party, but um, I'm at this party, so um, should I just should I just be here or like, what are we doing? We're going to a spaceship. It's kind okay. of had That's a
1: fine. like Scott Pilgrim feel to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really love the eight bit kind of gamer start that it has. Uh, I agree with Justin. Love the bright colors. Uh, also, this this cool thing of like who's the good guy who's the bad guy which is very interesting and then this kind of like a succubus kind of like power thing where they're stealing humans energy so uh i think very intriguing fantastic art uh great kind of setup of this world very easy to relate to the main character um, you know, uh push me down once, shame on you, but the second person she should have just leveled. You know what I mean? Like you can't just keep getting knocked around, you know what I mean? Don't you, you gotta really start throwing bows or something? Throwing elbows. what? Elbows. 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 Oh, okay. Bows is short for elbows. Or
2: did you mean like little bows that you put in your pretty hair?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is that Next up,
0: saying? here's one that we all agree on. Planet Size X-Men, number one from Marvel <laughs> Comics, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Pepe Larraz. Uh, so in this issue, we are getting the event that has been teased in the other Hellfire Gala issues. We've seen that Emma Frost is showing everybody some fireworks. There's a big show, but we didn't know what it was until right now. It turns out... Using cooperation from multiple units, uh, mutants, but led by Magneto. Why what what did I mean, say that? <laughs> Who are you? What? <laughs> that that was get weird. out of here! New weird. weird. Yeah, this noob. is the first comic oh, I've ever read. Yeah. Magneto. <laughs> uh, okay, oh what God. happened? These, that was a, yeah. That was a weird brain thing. Magneto, he is uh he has taken Araco and turned it into a planet essentially. Like the title is legit exactly what happens here where Araco has been moved to Mars. They've terraformed Mars and they've turned it into the first mutant planet. Pete you have to be thrilled that the islands aren't fucking anymore. That's literally the only thing you've talked about with these X Men books, which have a lot of other things going for them. But all you've talked about is the islands fucking. The islands are no longer fucking. Now one well, of them is on a planet, and one of them yeah. is on Earth. Now, now they're gonna, gonna have to have a long.
2: They're gonna have to have a long distance relationship, which is mm-hmm. like uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to make hey, that what work. Are you,
0: what are you wearing?
2: Are you wearing oh that? man, are you wearing have, this started oh, first.
1: Plants,
0: you
2: got plants.
1: All right, so first off. Plans. Wait, are
2: you, are you out with that other island? Are you
1: out with Oahu right now? Uh, first off, the Doug is an amazing writer. I, I don't like to attack the Doug; has a long history of amazing stuff that I very much enjoy. So why don't you just enjoy this for a change? I can't, okay? It, uh, you know, it starts off with this whole thing about like, oh, yeah, planet size issue, because turning the island to the planet you see what yes we're doing which i here? liked Do you i see also this? like that oh my god so smart um uh, yeah i just i can't i can't i don't know what's happening and i well, hope so wait wait so you, what you
2: don't like what you don't like about this is that you don't know what the story is or you don't, don't like this scale i is don't
1: too know large. who these characters are who i've grown up with I don't know what's happening. I don't know what their motivation is. Okay, there's a dude who gives birth to a. ah, ah,
0: No, no, no! Let me ah, just say, ah, I'm trying to help ah, you here,
1: Pete. The guy with the helmet, dressed the
0: guy with the helmet dressed all in white is Magneto. No, no, that's Magneto. You know him. No, his name is pronounced Magneto. Some asshole then gives
1: birth to a sword that becomes the sword space station. Go fuck yourself! What is happening in this comic? Jamie Bright,
0: Jamie. Is it Jamie Braddock James 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 Braddock uh, yeah it's Brian Braddock's brother it's Captain Britain's brother he yes. creates things with his mind and he gives birth to a space station
1: I mean I just can't even stand how calmly Captain America was just like hey you know hey just busting your balls making you come back to the X-Men and Cyclops you fucking piece of shit hey, uh, you know, guess what? I'll go to the gala now. I wasn't going to, but you psychopaths are doing something that I don't understand, so I'm going to get to it the feels like not
0: exactly the dialogue from the comic, but go ahead, Justin.
2: Uh, great. The thank art's you for, great. Thank you for your time, Pete. Um, what I want to say about this book is the way the X-Men universe is being used now is like it's a toolbox. All the characters are or different. Uh, what did you say? What did you mumble? I said, you're <laughs> a toolbox. <laughs> uh it's like using the characters and and like, I I think this speaks to some of your frustration, Pete. It's not the like down and dirty, uh, like four X-Men go and like do something. This is like the X-Men are large scale being used to tell these sort of big stories about like, what if the X-Men built a planet? That was sort of the point of this story. And we got to see how they did that. That's some like, Imagination that I've never seen in a comic before, so I appreciate it. The fact that we got to, and and then you feel the tension of like that choice is going to come back and haunt the X Men. And I think every issue of the X Men lately is like we're doing this great thing. It's going to be a problem later, and we don't know how to solve that problem. But we are in this brave new world where we are making big, taking big swings, and I like that. It's different, and I like it.
0: What this feels like to me is the authority without the authoritarianism you know the idea of the authority was literally there in the title where they're like fuck you we're going to we're not the justice league we're going to do what we want we're going to uh, police exactly how we want that's not what the x men are doing they're doing what they want what they think is best for mutant kind they're trying to explain it to humanity but to your point justin it's all this like deck of cards that is so fragile that I can't wait to see how it completely crumbles and falls back on them because it 100% will.
2: And what I also like about it is we, despite the fact that it's this big sort of like plug in character, it's in storytelling, we still get fun little moments like. The Captain America feels like the real Captain America. It's a it's a well uh, crafted version of him. Um, Magneto feels very real. He feels like he is. Magneto. Like, it's Magneto. I, I don't think. Um, I don't think it is. It, it is magnet. Is what <laughs> mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, magnet. Look Mag- at these magnets. Uh, How they it, work. <laughs>
1: The uh, storm
2: feels extra like, storm. like so everyone. So you guys thought it was cool moment.
1: the giving birth to the idea. You thought that was awesome. That was just yeah. Like I cool. thought that was great. I love it. Uh, more of it.
2: And that's another thing. Like we're combining mutants to create these new like versions of their power sets is interesting. It's not. We don't have to see Wolverine just show up and be like, you "Want me to pop my claws?" And then he does, and he's everyone is scared.
1: Yeah, because that you could follow and understand that story. We got eighteen different things all going on at once. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Well, not, not some of us is... too.
2: If, you know, the crazy thing is, like my my wife had a uh, recently had a dream where I was Wolverine. It was a very sexual dream, and I was Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I you know I won't. I won't get into it. I won't get into it. Yeah, but like, that's so you...
0: weird. My this... wife also had a dream where I was Wolverine, and it was a sexual dream. Man, I don't remember any of the details, though. Pete, no. I feel like I told you some of the details about my dream that was my dream. Can, you, f- can my... you remind
1: me of any yeah, of the details yeah. I and told in your you? your dream, your wife realized that you were a fucking asshole and was like, <laughs> question what? She did wrong in her life that she deserved to to be stuck with you. And it was, you know, and then she turned into Wolverine and and murdered you and chopped you into little pieces. That's how.
2: What a planet-sized conversation for this (laughs) planet-sized X-Men book.
0: Moving on to Norse Mythology, number one from Dark Horse Comic Story and Words by Neil Gaiman, our script and layouts by P. Craig Russell. This is telling a story of Norse mythology from back in the day. I like this. That's all.
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, no!
0: I mean, it, it feels very Neil Gaiman in terms of like uh, riffs and takes on mythology. It feels like a very different tale of Odin and uh, the rest that we've and seen the before, Lugi necessarily. Pool? But what the Loogie Pool? Yeah, the Loogie Pool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I, I like this is this. Uh, this is an adaptation of Neil Gaiman's book Norse Mythology. Yeah, uh, which was published right. a couple years ago. And really, I think you're here for the P. Craig Russell art. The story is great. Nice to see Neil sort of uh, drawn into the first couple of pages. Oh, you're here. on a
0: first name basis, Neil Gaiman. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Neil. I've interviewed him. Sure. Before. Yeah. So, okay. uh, he called me Justin. I'm assuming in that interview. <laughs> he probably. Did. I, I let me listen let me back check to the tape, team.
0: but I'm pretty sure he said Jorston.
2: <laughs> oh my god! And that's why I changed my name to Jorston after that interview. <laughs> Um, the Pete Craig Russell art is so fun. It's so it's a storybook, but still with the same um, like just detailed flourishes that Pete Craig Russell has been doing since way back in Sandman Fifty, uh, where I where they worked together on a great issue called Ramadan.
1: Yeah, I think the art's unbelievable. A lot of like amazing, cool, picturesque moments. Um, you know. Nor shit is always cold as ice, which kind of bothers me a little bit. but uh, you know, people get killed left and right, and for fucked up reasons, the whole giant standing in a circle thing was a little too much for me. But I thought oh, this you was... love giants. would yeah. you say pete it's as cold as ice? <laughs> I would. <laughs> um and yeah, I you know this is it's creatively really fun. Mm-hmm but it's also uh, kind of fucked up. But uh, yeah, the beginning uh, Neil Gaiman, shout out at the uh, poetry thing was hysterical.
0: Let's move on to a second chance for Jerry Dugan, as we call this section with Captain America, annual number one from Marvel written by Jerry Dugan art by Marco Castellio. This is the second part of the infinite destinies arc where we're finding out who the bearers of the infinity stones are. Pete, what did you think about this one?
1: All right, so this is a little bit more uh what I'm used to, but first off, like art absolutely fantastic, love the paneling, a lot of great action uh very kind of you know cool like the way they've kind of focused on that uh, uh that stroller kind of flying through the air and uh uh while other stuff is going on, yeah, I really. Thought the like the paneling with the stopping the bullets and the motion and then the stop motion was very well done, but a lot of fantastic action. Uh, love the kind of Black Widow Captain America team up stuff. Uh, makes me very excited for the movie coming out. Uh, just kind of classic. Which movie
0: specifically,
1: The Green Knight? No, Black Mm. Widow. Oh, okay. Uh, But yeah, uh, I thought this was fantastic, a lot of fun. Boss baby, back in business. Great, great art and storytelling. Um, I like this
2: a lot too. What I like about this sort of annual crossover is it's using the Infinity Stones in a way that doesn't feel like we know that they're inevitably going to come together and uh, be a whole thanos themed thing mm-hmm. it feels like this type of story could really go anywhere and we're meeting these new characters this guy's is over time right mm-hmm. and he seems like this issue sort of poses the question like if a criminal can travel through time and undo his crime does he still have to uh, pay for it and that's an interesting idea and something that's like really just sort of a theme that's just laid over this story in a way that i thought was uh, really smart
0: I liked it as well. Next up, home number three from Image Comics, written by Julio Anta, art by Anna Wizick. We had Julio on our live yeah. show this week, so definitely check that out. That was a great conversation about this book. But like we talked about on the show, great issue. We're getting our main character, our kid character, is experimenting and figuring out how to use his powers at the same time, he is evading the authorities who are trying to take him back to his country. He's working with his aunt here. There's some beautiful emotional moments. Uh, but this is also, like I talked about on the show, it's a fun issue to read at the same time as you have these emotional and very deep themes, which is why I keep coming back to this book and really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you hit it. The emotions in this issue is specific specifically the phone call with the mom is just absolutely heartbreaking but also just some beautiful moments as well uh loved how we're kind of seeing the world through Juan's eyes a little bit and um it's it's not only just like kind of like almost watercolor art uh style and uh, uh touching but also just kind of tear jerking as well so it's a it's a real uh, combo
2: yeah I agree. Uh, I said this on the the main podcast well, then as well. Don't repeat
1: yourself. Say something else.
2: Okay, um, <laughs> hmm. that's uh, that's really hard. This is sort of like um, it's like the planet size X Men <laughs> um, for for our planet.
0: Wow! Great. Let's move on, then. Why don't you say what she said on the podcast, Justin? Uh,
2: this, ta- this uses the way that the X-Men was the metaphor for so many different social issues. Um, this feels like it is taking uh, border crossing and using that um, using superpowers to sort of make that um, tell a, a new type of story. And I, it's just a great book. Like, we were so effusive uh, about this book on the, the main show, so definitely check that out.
0: Absolutely. Next up, Berserker number three from Boom Studios written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent art by Ron Garney. In this issue, we're continuing to get a flashback about our main character and find out about his past, find out how he became the berserker that he is in the present. I really like this book a bit. Uh, We had Matt Kent on the live show a couple of months ago, I guess at this point talking about it, but I like the mythology that they're building up here. It's very interesting. And even if it is, geared to eventually have Keanu Reeves star in a movie series that's fine because i like this comic and yeah. Ron Garney's art is awesome.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I agree it's really cool the um the way that they're just giving us a lot of like just horrifying bloody action, uh devastating scenes while also building the emotional backstory of this character as like a a fragile boy who is a weapon for his people. Um, and then aging him up uh, as he he's sort of immortal, at least as far as we know, and how he is still living that same life in the modern age. Really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's First off, Ron Garney's art is just fantastic. He does amazing battle sequences that are both gross and awe-inspiring. Uh, but the kind of, like, character realizing that, you know he is this kind of tool that's being used and uh, you know, having to increase his drugs and stuff like that. So he's just the perfect weapon uh, is, you know, I'm I'm hoping is going to kind of blow up in all the right ways, but um, yeah, it's very cool. And we've seen this kind of, comic in different people's hands. And right now it says so much that we're enjoying it, even though we've seen so many different iterations of it. Uh, The fact that it still feels fresh and cool is very impressive.
0: Next up, the silver coin number three from image comics written by Ed Bryson art by Michael Walsh. This continues to be a very dark, very bloody anthology horror series about people who find a cursed coin, and various things happen to him. In this one, a botched robbery leads to several murders in the woods. Uh, Again, very dark, very bloody, very gruesome, but I like this title. I'm having fun reading it. What about you guys?
1: I'm not having fun reading it because it is fucking gross and creepy in all the right ways. And, uh, man, it it just... uh, Oh, and... When the coin gets like taken back to that fucking house, uh i yeah this is this is a creepy book that I don't look forward to reading, but when I read it, I'm always like all right you 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 did good. I love a story that commits so hard
2: to the darkness, and this does just like the worst things happen. Nothing good happens here, but you can't look away from what's happening in the book. And it's great. We get little bits of details, each issue about maybe how the silver coin works and who or what is motivating it. And uh, it's a great, if you want a real dark ride, read this book.
0: Next up, Catwoman number 32 from DC Comics, written by Ram, V, art by Evan Cagle. Here we're getting... Some flashbacks, kind of, as our main villain interrogates somebody to find out more about Catwoman. It jumps all over in time. I This was not my favorite issue of this series so far. Wow. I guess you call it the series, or at least this arc so far. But I still think it's well done. V knows how to write a comic book. I thought this was interesting in terms of Catwoman. But there was something about it that didn't quite draw me in as much as the other issues.
1: I, I, what I like I about it is
2: the world building. There's mm-hmm. a lot of world building here and really building out Catwoman as a character that has her own full universe. I feel like so many Catwoman arcs are like right now she's living in this apartment and she's doing this thing. And this is what it is. This arc is about this. And this feels like it's a little bit more of an expansive look. And Rambi does a great job of making it unique and interesting.
1: Uh, Rambi, amazing writer but i agree a little bit with zalbs as much as i don't like to because this book spends it's other people talking about catwoman we don't get to really see kind of catwoman doing her thing it's like the lore of catwoman which as justin points out it makes it more about building this world of catwoman all these other pieces that are kind of involved in our world which is interesting but you would also like to be able to see and get Catwoman in the book. So I can understand where both of you are coming. Really great art. Yes. Yeah.
0: And as usual, thank you, Pete, for bridging the divide between me and Justin. I really appreciate that.
2: That's Next he's up.
0: always been right in between us. Yes. <laughs> not not on either extreme. Seven secrets number nine for Boom Studios, written by Tom Taylor, art by Danielle DiNicolo. In this issue, we're dealing with the ramifications of the reveal the of the first secret that eliminated Switzerland, like legitimately just took it off of planet earth. Um, we find out more about the enemy and how their organization works. We also get a huge reveal at the end there. I continue to love the series and really enjoy the series. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, the arts, fantastic, unbelievable action. And we're getting some secrets revealed here, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I also like this kind of like villain taking the throne moment with all these creep, creepy, kind of like multi-eyed bad guys. Yeah, I, I this continues to intrigue in a way that you you think like okay, seven secrets. I kind of understand that, but it keeps getting deeper and deeper, which is very enjoyable, as well as the villains' side of things also getting more complex. So. Overall, it's a it's a pretty amazing book with all the things going around and all the things that they're juggling. And they're doing it in a way that is uh, still moving the story forward in a way that it is intriguing for the reader. And, and they're, like, collecting information as they go. Uh, yeah, I, I've been really impressed with this package. Uh,
2: package. Um Written by Tom Taylor, not a manga writer. This book feels so much like a manga in a way that I think really shows that um, he's been studying um, that world. I feel like this book is just a little bit coy with information. I would Mm -hmm. like to have some more information about what's happening. Um, in general, but it's a book called Seven Secrets, so I guess we got to wait for it
0: more Yeah, seconds. I was going to say you should read Seven Confessions is another yeah. title that tam- Tom Taylor's been writing, which really tells you a lot of information. Yeah,
1: yeah. and right it originally started with Taxi Cab Confessions, and then moved on. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Pete's
2: favorite, still your favorite television show, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was all real. Yeah, it, Taxi Cab Confessions. That yes, that was yeah. all real. That wasn't scripted.
2: Um, uh, Alex, how is your um, real sex uh, podcast <laughs> going? Where you just watch down all the real sex episodes? And it's great. It's it?
0: going really well. Nobody listens to it, but it's going very nicely. Alien number four from Marvel Comics, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Salvador Laraca. In this issue, we are continuing our assault on the space station that has been taken over by xenomorphs. Our main character is looking for uh, something to take back to Wayland yutani but also his son at the same time. Things go, of course, horribly wrong on this issue. Uh, this uh, really got me, this issue. Like I, mm-hmm. we've talking about, Philip Kennedy Johnson has been really drilling into the idea of fathers and sons in a lot of his work. And yeah, it really right.
1: then the hits on too.
0: all cylinders here right now uh, in a very emotional way. Justin, what did you think about this one? Uh,
2: PKJ, really doing it. And this book had a great twist in it that i thought was uh hard i did not see it coming and it was a tough a tough pull tough look um i like where it's going it's a like a lot of the alien uh franchise it's bad situations only getting worse
1: yeah uh yeah pkj is killing it on this book but also the art is just phenomenal love the aliens. sl yeah, I love the alien mm-hmm. designs. Also, big, cool alien reveal at the end. Like, we've seen a lot of different cool aliens, but that last page, I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of different alien things. So, the fact that it's, we're still. Still seeing good stuff is really impressive because it could get very tired b- very easy. So it's impressive that they're still finding kind of new corners to explore or things we're familiar with, but doing it in a different way. So uh, hat off uh, to yeah, this Yeah, it's project. like if you're spicing
0: things up with some sort of Wolverine play or something like that sexually. Well, um, exactly. That's, yeah, that's it, the it, sort of thing. So what just a heads up, if you're,
1: if you're thinking about uh, doing a bit that involves sex, just stop. Okay, when people look at your face, they don't want to hear you talking about sex, man. I'm sorry. Wow. wow, wow, wow,
2: wow, wow, wow. Not necessary. What I thought at the end of this issue was like, wow, that is a
0: horny alien. Anybody people else? People look at my face and they don't <laughs> want to think about sex. Jesus Christ, Pete! Pete's just We've been just doing mad. the show for 15 years, and that's easily the rudest thing you've ever said to me. Oh, it's wow. not because nice. Because I'll tell you what. Not nice. The prostitutes that I pay to have sex with me <laughs> love my face.
1: Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah.
0: For only $20 more, they tell me.
1: Wow. it <laughs> has got to be true. It's got to be true.
0: Radiant Black, number five, from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Eduardo Ferragato and Marcelo Costa. This... This book is so good. We've talked about it with every issue, but to spoil the twist for the last issue, the main character who got these very these gravity powers, these very like invincible Power Rangers-esque type powers almost died, and his best friend stole his powers from him. So you'd expect, okay, he gets better this issue, and then he gets the powers back. That's exactly not what happens. We're now following the asshole friend who has these powers and gets involved with other people who have these powers as well. There's some big twists here. This is great. This is like legit leaving it all on the table by issue five, and I love it. It keeps you guessing this book in
2: a way that I just didn't expect from the way the premise is set up, as well as was it the third issue where it was like this deep dive into the uh, the first main character's like writing career. Yeah. And then suddenly we're in this part where like that character is just off the board. And now the world has expanded into like a Power Rangers situation.
1: Yeah, it's. Yeah, there's a lot of like very interesting drama. Then with over-the-top fun action that's very kind of like, you know, like just kind of like this, this fuck you driven kind of like, how dare you? He's in a coma, you know? Uh, it's just unexpected. And it's, uh, the art's fantastic. It's a very creative thing with a, a title that doesn't kind of make sense, but uh, works. Um, so yeah, I I've been really pleasantly surprised with this book. Next up, the many deaths of
0: Layla Star, number three from Boom Studios, written by Rab V, art by Felipe Andrade. As usual with this book, we jump forward several years to catch up with Layla Star, aka Death, who keeps being reincarnated um, year after year with big jumps in between, and she is. Ostensibly trying to stop the boy who is going to bring about eternal life. But in this issue, once again, spoiler, they meet up, but we get everything through the perspective of a cigarette, which is great. This is, this, uh, this whole title is great from the writing to the art to absolutely everything. I am loving reading this book.
2: I agree. I love this book. It's so, it reminds me of, um, what was the book uh, with uh, Wolverine? Uh, yes, that's it. He like with the claws, the claw mm-hmm. guy, the very sexual claw guy. Yeah, yeah, right. that's exactly I like,
0: what I'm thinking. I, I'm the best that I uh, there is at what I do, and what I do is watch islands fuck.
2: Yeah. Um, what book? Are you Yes, think uh, about? I'm thinking of oh, um, uh, the uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Yeah,
1: yeah, Day Tripper. Day what were you doing? Were you looking behind you, Pete? Yeah, I have the book behind me. Oh, I was yes. trying to remember it as
0: just. I was thought you were shouting at somebody who wandered into your room. <laughs>
2: hey, knock it off! I'm
0: talking yeah. to my friends. Fabio Moon? Huh? Come on! Uh,
2: it reminds me of Day Tripper, both in the art style and in sort of the type of storytelling here, getting into death and sort of um, how our destinies come together, and just uh, it's just a great, truly on that level of storytelling. I love this book.
1: Uh, I I agree. This is a very creative, cool book. The art is just unbelievably beautiful, and the perspective. If you are trying to quit smoking, though, I definitely don't recommend reading this book. It would be a huge trigger and makes you want to smoke a cigarette. But uh, other than that, it's just a real creative kind of masterpiece as far as like perspective goes and the time that kind of goes by as that kind of uh, cigarette goes down. Very, very cool. Um, and really just unbelievable art.
0: Next up, Stillwater, number eight from Image Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Ramon K. Perez. In this issue, we're getting a flashback to find out how our sheriff came to the town where nobody dies. Sheriff. What?
1: You're sheriff?
0: Sheriff. Did I say sheriff? In marriage.
1: What is going on with you, Pete? I don't know. I'm Jesus just,
0: Christ.
1: You
2: guys are it's everything's great. Everything's good. <laughs> <great.
0: laughs> uh, Justin, what yes. did you think about this book?
2: <laughs> this book also continues to impress me. Like um the I love the art. Ramon Perez's art I think is uh so good. Um and we get sort of this story of a quote-unquote regular person um, taking her shot sort of up against the wall and finding her way into the town of Stillwater and it's good it really starts it really pushes this story forward the idea of all of these characters living in this town where they have uh, nothing to lose they are just willing to do anything to
1: preserve this sort of world they have and uh, it's good. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting about this book uh, for me is the fact of like, okay, we have this uh, like premise and instead of just keep exploring that we're finding new kind of stories within this world to explore and having these other characters and how they're kind of fighting against it. It's very cool. The art's unbelievable. It's a very, very interesting book.
0: Next up, Demon Days Mariko, number one from Marvel, written by Peach Momoko. This is continuing, as you can probably figure out, the Demon Days storyline that gives a very manga-inflected take on Marvel Comics lore. Here we're focusing on Mariko, Wolverine's girlfriend, as she interacts with a variant of Black Widow. Justin, your face is going wild right now. What's going on?
2: just the fact that Mariko came up. Uh, Wolverine's girlfriend. Very telling, given all the dream um, mm-hmm. stuff we've been talking about. Uh, fantastic <laughs> art in this book. Yeah. Just really great, beautiful
0: sort yeah, of. Yeah, when uh, you had a sexual dream of Wolverine, <laughs> Justin, was Mariko the other person?
2: Um, yeah, here's a crazy thing. Like, I was Wolverine, but I was also Mariko. You know oh, I mean? wow. Like, where I was Best both.
0: Dreams uh, but,
2: and again, if anyone has any, like, Personal version of this that they want to weigh in on, yeah, Please, like just real definitely life personal in. version. I a had a dream where I was set.
0: Wolverine, but uh, I was also two islands at the same time. Pete, what about you? You want to chime in with anything? <laughs> You're <here>? the only <laughs> one who hasn't weighed in here, peter yeah, I yeah, want to so, chime in with. It?
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, the art is absolutely <laughs> both spooky and unbelievably breathtaking, creepy and kooky. Uh, the two <laughs> floating babies that are holding hands and being extra creepy freak me the fuck out and then made me have a flashback to Riverdale floating babies. Um, yeah. yeah, anytime you put put like uh, creepy kids in a kind of like a horror tale, it really fucks my shit up. It gets but, it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really fun to see these kind of different interpretations of these characters in a manga kind of way. Uh, Just the art alone is worth uh, picking up this book. Um, Just really cool, fun to see manga uh, versions of the characters we know. Peach
0: Ramoka's art is great. That is the thing that I'm really taking away from the book. I just really like looking at it. Uh, I like the story as well, but it's just absolutely gorgeous. Next up, Nightwing, number 81 from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo. I love this book as well. I know I've been saying I've been loving a lot of books, but like we talked about with previous issues, I have not particularly been into Nightwing, other than maybe the... An Agent of Spiral run that Tom King and Tim Seeley did back in the day a couple of years ago, which was super fun. But this is so good. Like the whole cast that they're building out, the art by Bruno Redondo is gorgeous. The layouts are amazing. I am very into this book. And like we talked about in the last issue, a little less than this one, but it still feels like DC's answer, belated answer to Hawkeye in a certain way. And I think it's absolutely working.
2: Specifically with the art style, I feel like yeah. I, it's not like we're getting the same tone or like sort of character moves. I feel like the Hawkeyeification of uh, storytelling was something we talked about a lot, where it was like, "Look, here's um, Scott Lang, Ant Man, and he's like fucks up and uh, and tries to figure it out." Like Nightwing is still Nightwing here, and he's still doing his business. But I do love the way the art style is sort of in that Hawkeye world. And I've been a long-standing Nightwing fan across the board, and so this is a—it's great to see the
1: character resurgent here. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is great, but Bitewing is really what takes the cake in this issue. Uh, really fun, uh, also twist ending, great. But yeah, art's fantastic. Great twist! Such a good twist. I loved yeah. it. I did not see it coming. Yeah, yeah. I yelled twist. Um
2: but <laughs> Yes, which I, is what you do when stuff happens. You yell what's happening when yeah, it happens.
1: Twist uh but yeah, I think uh art's fantastic. This has been uh a, a, a really great book, continues to be so uh yeah, this is I'm not a huge Nightwing fan, but I'm having a great time with this book.
2: I like at the end of the book when you yell, Expected ending.
1: <laughs> I saw it coming.
0: Next up, Time Before Time, number two from Image Comics, written by Declan Shalvey. Wait, wait you Rory. mean Time After Time? Time oh. Before Time. Oh, okay. That's the name of the book. Time
2: After Time.
0: By Declan Shalvey and Rory McConville, art by Joe Palmer. In this issue, two of our characters are stranded somewhere. In time, they don't know exactly where because they broke their time machine. Meanwhile, we're getting flashbacks, flash forwards. Of course, it's a time travel book as we flesh out more of this world and how the time travel works. Um, this is great. I feel like it is very hard to make a original take on time travel. But that's feel that's what this feels like this is. You
2: know what this book reminds me of is like some classic comic storytelling like the book Zot that I think um, you ever, that's like some old school shit. Yeah. That's some old school shit right there. uh, It really feels like, is that by the guy that did understanding comics? Yes. Or, uh, and Scott McLeod, Scott McLeod. Um, it has that, that, the art style I feel like is reminiscent of that. And it feels like it's taking a premise and really like, uh, pointing out in different directions from it in a way that feels both meticulous and sort of like, uh, playing around as the story's going.
1: Yeah, I, I am I'm happy that they were kind of, like, putting in the dates in there, but it's also very interesting that the, the like, dates are fucked up if the time is fucked up. Um, yeah, I think this is very creative. Time travel drives me insane, but this was kind of done in a way that wasn't so annoying. Really love the character design and the art is fantastic.
0: Uh, next up, Batman, Fortnite, zero point, number five Come in DC on. Comics. my by...
2: favorite title. Yeah, baby,
0: let's do it. Uh, concept by Donald Mustard, Ooh. written by Christos Gage, art by Christian Deuce. What was that? It, well, what was it, that? well, so here's the thing. In this What's issue, we have the Fortnite characters teaming up with Batman, Catwoman, and Deathstroke to try to return to their home universes. This is still pretty good. But it's not as strong as the first three issues. Oh, go See, fuck you don't yourself. like it now because they
2: have to get to the story. The plot. Yeah, you don't like There's a lot of plot here.
0: Well, it's there was something about the fact that the first three issues were mostly silent and just told through narration that was so creative and felt so fresh and so different, kept them very focused on the Batman Catwoman relationship, and then eventually had that wild snake eyes twist. But now it feels like a very conventional comic book and uh, Christos Gage knows how to write a really good comic book. So that's fine. I'm still enjoying Reading it, but it's not the same thing.
2: Oh man. I, I hear you. Um, I do. I I hear
0: you. I understand you. I support you. Go ahead.
2: That's it. That's all I have to say. Okay. Uh, But I do think this issue is going to, this was the issue that had to like do the business. And then we're going to get the conclusion uh, next issue that I think will be back to form. Like you're thinking about Alex. Cause I do think that's what's set up in the, the back, the last couple of pages of this. Uh, I want yes. to ask you guys, would you be the person who ran and jumped into the um, energy field before it was uh, figured out?
1: Yeah, that's just dumb. I don't know why you would jump. jump no, I'd never do that. I'd throw somebody. never jump first, into something without happens. knowing. Yeah. I'd I'd throw and throw somebody
0: at, I'd push them out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Push them into it.
1: But I think Pete. that I, I disagree disagree, Zalben. Like, Anybody first off, I know what said you're saying. My face wasn't good for sex or whatever he said. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyways, I feel like
0: the. Well, I, I guess that makes me Batman because his face also isn't good for sex. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my
2: God. Finally, proof I'll of take He you, doesn't get a full I'll face. Think
1: about it. He only gets this much. Anyways, so like, I hear what you're saying, but I like this issue because of the ending. Like to me, it was Batman all. Batman just it. doesn't
0: like deep narrow spaces because they remind him of the alley where his parents died. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> I don't I don't That's know. That's the take you're we need on Twitter to Alex. that alley, but I I don't appreciate it. Anyways, you I just think can't that, get his hand on those pearls, it <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I Martha. think that you gotta give. Why this... Why did comic, you say that name? You gotta give this. What he comic says during sex. One okay. Let it have one issue where it kind of like maybe I don't it's have not... to do fucking anything, man. I host a comic book review podcast.
0: Oh, okay. Alex is oh, feeling it. it. I think Pete, guy. you pushed
2: it over the edge. Alex, That's he's, it. A... he's I there. don't
0: care.
1: I he's one issue. It. You've been having such you're... a great time with this comic, and it gives one <laughs> issue where they're moving stuff around to get to a better. I'm end. done. Oh, I'm out.
2: Yeah. Pete feels bad. He wants you to enjoy
0: everything.
1: Yeah, this was a. This is. Yeah, a great I know. If there's a, Pete's position things.
0: on this podcast is please just calm down and enjoy things. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Let me just rewind this r- real quick right here and go back to our discussion about planet Size X-Men. I just want to. I just want to review what we talked about there because I, I don't remember. Yeah. I think what he basically
2: said, Go ahead, be your own dog, man. Let's just live our dreams. <laughs> That's what I remember his I, I, review I being. I
1: feel like it did such a great job of setting up this really cool thing and delivering uh for the first couple of issues. You gotta give it one to let it set some things up. <laughs> I really love that thing of like as he's disappearing, it's like at least you know you have each other. That's such a especially with Batman and Catwoman right now, with their relationship, like I really think it's a, a cool setup for more.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for the last issue. With Catman is like Catwoman is like, well, since it's now the two of us, do you want to, you know, go downtown? And he's like, I don't
1: do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, Fortnite. <laughs> well, last issue,
0: Ultra Mega number four from Image Comics by Giant James Harron. In this issue, we're bringing to bear a lot of the things that have been teased in the first couple of the issues where the main character we've been following since issue two finally gets the Ultra Mega powers. Things still go so bloody and so wrong oh, yeah. here. It's so
2: wild. Yeah. This
0: book, this book is wild. Uh, I still liked it. I know that we had some controversy with the first issue, but I really feel like this title has come into its own. The art is insane and gross and over the top. And I like the twists here. What do you guys think?
2: I agree. I like this book a lot. It is weird. There are fun little jokes throughout, despite the fact that it's this like, bloody battle between like strange-looking creatures. Uh, it's... I, It is The art is really nice. I mean, I've said this before. It reminds me of the comic book Prophet from a few years ago. Um, Not the Rob Liefeld, but
1: after that, uh, I really like it. Yeah, I I love how bloody and gross this comic is. Um, It's also really funny at moments, as Justin pointed out, the line where uh, the one character is just full out running, going, fucking run! Uh, Just so cool, so much fun. It's, it's really weird. It's really gross. I'm not sure if, all, if it's all going to pay off, but it's very creative and over the top. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i grossed out but enjoying it. Uh, if just like shout sh- out,
2: Bre- Brandon Graham is the um, yes. writer of the Profit comic I really like.
0: If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the virtual comic book shop. Sorry for hurting your feelings, so no it's fine any uh, any dreams or real life experiences about Wolverine you want to talk about
1: no thanks for asking though. okay great <laughs>